Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Alright, let's, let's pray and let's start. Father, thank you. Because I'm anointed to teach, and I thank you because the lives of everyone who listens to me will receive that anointing, double transformation in their lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Okay, so we started talking about toxic relationships, and I'd like to start um, on this note that no relationship will leave you the same. No relationship will leave you the same. So we we looked at the biblical aspect. How many of you were here when we did the part one? Let me see your hands. Part one. Awesome. So a lot of you were here, so that means you're on track. And we looked at the biblical signs of identifying what a toxic relationship is. And one of the easiest ways we talked about identifying what a toxic relationship is, is the relationship that leads you to sin. Praise God. Are you here? The relationship that does what? That leads you to sin. I was speaking with a friend of mine uh, two days ago. We were talking about both of us have um, a mutual mentor. That means there's, there's a mentor who mentors both of us. So I was talking to him a couple of days ago about, uh, we're just talking about relationship. And uh, the the, my friend said, a mentor said, the lady he was supposed to marry before, the reason he didn't marry that lady is that he discovered that he almost, it was almost like ended up lying always. Do you get the point? Now, it's very simple. He comes with maybe bike to see the lady. And then the lady says, oh, why don't you enter a taxi? Or why don't you, why do you come with bike? And then he ends up saying like, you know, I didn't really feel like entering a taxi. I just want a breeze to, to just blow me, you know. And then, now, you just realize that every time he, he is talking with this girl, he ends up saying things that, you know, how some people used to say is white lie. It's not really lie, but if you, you see, once you are in any relationship where you cannot be righteous, it's already out of the will of God. I think the, the struggle I have as a pastor, and I can tell you, the struggle I have as a pastor in this day and in this age is that we are in a day and an age that people just want to see how much of sin and righteousness they can accommodate. Do, do you understand? Like, how far can we drag this grace thing? How far can we, you know, but what I always tell people is this. Trust the word of God. If the word of God tells you something, trust it. Today after service, one of our church members, an older man, was talking with me and we're walking to his car. I said, you know, he said something. He said, Pastor, you've made this statement before, but I'm just realizing how important it is that who you marry is almost like 50% chance of whether you will succeed or not. Praise God. So, and I want to tell you this, right? Most times when we have meetings and forums like this, 
Sometimes people do not, some people take them serious, some people do not take them serious. But I want to urge you to take it serious because they are lifesavers. They are lifesavers. Lifesavers in the sense of, I as an individual, been married for, for 12 years. I married very early. I married when I was 24. That's when I married. I married at 24. And why did I marry at that age? I mean, I know people said, ah, you were too young to marry. What are you rushing for? What is it? You are rushing. In fact, one of my uncle told me, what, what is the hurry? Where are you hurrying to? So I now said, one of the things that God has blessed me with in my life is wisdom. I mean, I'm, just, I'm grateful to God for that wisdom. So I now said, can I ask you a question? Say yes. Okay, he was saying, oh, you're too young to marry and everything. So I said, you know, if I go out there and impregnate a girl now and bring the girl home and say, oh, this girl is pregnant, you know what they are going to tell me? You would have told us if you want to marry. Why are you look at disgrace the family name? Am I right? Hey, tell us. What if you want to marry? You just tell us you want to marry. Not go and be impregnating people. Now I say I want to marry. They say, no, you are too young. What do you want? So you realize that sometimes in life you have to be strong with your convictions. Is that okay? But we're not just talking about relationship that's leading to marriage in the context of toxic relationship. We're talking about relationship where? All around. You will realize that if you are in relationship with the right people, you will experience progress. Alright? If you're in relationship with what? With the right people, what's going to happen? You will experience what? Progress. So, we said one of the signs of toxic relationship biblically is a relationship that makes you comfortable with sin. A relationship that makes you comfortable with sin. That's one of the signs of a toxic relationship. It's okay. How much can we get away with? How much sin can we get away with in this relationship? And let me tell you, don't ever believe the lie of the devil that there are no good girls out there. And don't ever believe the lie of the devil that there are no good men out there. Don't believe that. It's a lie from the pit of hell. There are still 7,000 who have not bowed their knees to bow. You know, every time I think like, man, I'm on fire for God. And I'm doing great things for God. I travel and I see people who are doing amazing stuff. And you're like, oh. I'm not doing as much as I thought. Praise God. So we looked at the, soci the sociological and the psychological signs of toxic relationship. That's where we stopped. We're able to look at only four. So I'll just review the four and then I'll start from five. Number one is all take and no give. Any relationship in which you experience withdrawals of energy without deposit will leave you in the negative. You're always the one. They're always taking from you. Always taking from you. Always taking from you. Number two, feeling drained. Instead of feeling happy and productive, you're always mentally, emotionally, and physically drained because you're in this relationship. One of the signs that you're in a productive relationship is that when you come in contact with certain people, you get better. That's one thing I told myself many years ago when I was going into ministry, that when people come in contact with me, their lives get better. I stretch them. I challenge them. No relationship should leave you drained. Number three, lack of trust. A relationship without trust is like a car without a gas. You can stay in it all you want, but it won't get anywhere. You cannot function in a relationship where there is no trust. And sometimes when I counsel people who are getting into marriage, I say once trust is broken, pause. 
can be in a relationship where you're thinking, where is he now? I don't think where he is. And then, you know, um, <laughs> when I was small, I don't know, well, I just said this, but I think almost every one of us did it. How many of you took meat from your mother's spot when your mother didn't allow you? You're like honest people. All right, the rest of you wouldn't raise your hands. You are lying. I just know that you're lying. You know, somehow you just, you, I don't know, but human nature, right? Like all of us were born wicked. Like, they will still give you that meat, but I don't know why taking it before the appointed time. There's just something about it. So, we used to live in a, we used to live in a, in a room and parlor. My parents used to live in a room and parlor, so we used to sleep in the parlor, and then we had our kitchen outside. Like, we had a kitchen in another block. So, we had our kitchen in the block this way, and then we had bathrooms this way. So, and my mother knows that somehow, somehow, there's a grace in that area. <laughs> and so when I'm in the kitchen, right, then my mother will be asking me questions. Like, and I know the questions are irrelevant, right? But you know why my mom is asking me that? It's very simple. You know, if, if, he, if she keeps asking me questions, I can't put meat in my mouth. You understand? So you realize that these questions, you shouldn't be asking me these questions right now when I'm here on a mission. You understand what I'm trying to say? But, you know, it's, a, it's an issue of trust. You call the person and say, where are you? Say, I'm here. You say, talk, let me, let me hear. You say, okay, let's do video call if you are alone. Listen, it's not necessary. You're not a police officer. If you can't trust someone at the early stages of your relationship, walk away. Because you know what? It will break your heart. That's why you should look for a believer. I didn't say somebody who goes to church. There are many wicked people in church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The person must have a personal relationship with God. The person must have a conscience that is pure. And if you don't find such a person, wait. Are you following what I'm trying to say? All right. Did you follow what I'm saying now? Instead of reading how to track WhatsApp, how to track where a phone is coming from, and then they send you a picture, you're enlarging the picture to check, to zoom, and check. You don't, you don't, you, you see, you realize that any energy you spend in something is an energy taken from something. So what that means is that all the energy you are using to do investigation, if you had read criminology, you would have been an inspector in the Nigerian police force. So this is what I think in life. You shouldn't go out with people who use your energy negatively. Are you following this? Number four, hostile environment. Constant anger is a sure sign of an unhealthy relationship. You should never be around hostility because it makes you feel unsafe. There's always tension. Every discussion will end with a quarrel. Every discussion. You will now start explaining. You even apologize for what you have not done. You say, okay, I'm sorry. You say, okay, so what are you sorry for now? You say, I don't even know, but I'm just sorry. <laughs> Hostile. Sometimes Especially we men, right? Sometimes we feel when we are hostile, that's when people respect you. Not, I don't think it's true. People respect you because you have a vision. People respect you because you're going somewhere. People respect you because you have a sense of responsibility. It's not just by screaming. Are you following what I'm saying? Once you have a sense of responsibility, once it looks like you're going somewhere, any lady will respect you. And you don't need to have money to command respect. You know, we also have this lie that all women are looking for is just money. Ah, if you have money now, they'll be running after you. If you have money and they're running after you, you know, 
my social studies professor, um, late now, he used to give us a quote that our Lord said. He used, our Lord used to call those women, he says, women of shady characters with, <laughs> with foolish virtues. The truth of the matter is that a sane person will not follow you because you have money. A sane person will follow you because you have a vision. Money is replaceable. Vision is not. Are you following this? I said, are you following this? Number five. Occupied with imbalance. A one-sided relationship can never run smoothly. Examine your relationship. Is it one-sided? Are you the only one doing the call? Are you the only one doing the checkup? I'm checking on you. I'm checking on you. I'm checking on you. Up to the point when you just carry your phone and you type I. Only the phone will just write checking on you. Because you've used it for so long. You know when you just type I. The phone will just do that. <laughs> your phone is even in the relationship. It's so one-sided that it's, it's also spelled and also designed. No. It must be mutual. The funny thing is, I don't know how people get into this relationship and it's difficult for them to see these things. You see, nobody is busy. Anybody who cares about you will make out time to check on you. No, forget that stuff that you're busy. No. Yeah, you're not. There's nobody busy. Ah, I'm busy. Is a lie. Is a lie. Are you following what I'm saying? Forget that thing of people are busy. No. You're not too busy. Do you know that, for instance, my kids go to school and they close at several, several times, right? My, my, my daughter closes at about 12 one, depending on what day of the class or what mood his school is in. And then <laughs> if they are in a good mood, the state you want, if they are in a mood that come and take your children off, you go home. We're going to carry them by 12. But do you realize that no ma even if I'm at the gym, when it's getting to 12, what am I doing? Like, listen, I need to go on. See, people you care about, you will make room for them. Even in your busyness, you can just type, listen, I'm busy right now, but I just want to check on how you're doing. So it cannot be one-sided. That's why it's a relationship. It cannot be what? One-sided. Number five. Number six. Constant judgment. Judgmental relationship, in judgmental relationship, criticism is not intended to be helpful, but rather to belittle you. Every time, you know, there's a way I can correct you, right? And you feel like you are useless. Have you ever been corrected like that? Every one of us here have been corrected like that. I mean, when you finish correcting you, you ask yourself, like, is my sense complete at all? I'm not sure they are. You know, but you also re 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 discover that some other people correct you and they empower you. They correct you in such a way that you will not make that mistake again. You're better for it. The Bible calls it faithful are the wounds of a friend. An open rebuke. So you need to find out, is this relationship just judgmental? It's like you are in a relationship and nothing you, you do is good. I mean, let's take for instance, you're in a relationship with someone, you're about to get married or something, and then you're going out, you overdress, say, ah, where are you dressing to? Are you the one that is hosting the party? Okay, you take that correction. The next time he says, let's go out, you dress little, say, ah, you are not well dressed. You know that that person is confused. <laughs> you see, but sometimes, especially ladies, we try to take our self-esteem from this affirmation. That is why you must know who you are 
in yourself before you get into any relationship. If not, this is what happens to, to ladies most times, right? Especially ladies who don't follow God's word. They follow Mr. John. And Mr. John tells them, oh, do like this, do like this. So all their two years of that relationship, they are trying to make that person like them, right? So they drop their whole personality. They pick on the image. You know, when God says in the beginning, let us create man in our image and likeness, then that person you're in a relationship with tries to create you in the image and likeness he has in his heart. Then two years after, you break your first ex, ex one. Then second ex comes and tries to recreate you into his image and likeness, X2. Because uh, right now, I mean, it's like you guys do like six before you find the seventh one, like the woman at the well. You know, and then X3 creates you. So by the time you get to X4, you are even confused. Why? Because you started losing your personality right from the first person. There are set, let me tell you this. There are certain demands that somebody who has not committed to marrying you cannot make from you. Are you following what I'm saying? Somebody just say, oh, I love you. I think we can get married. You are going to wash plates. You are going to cook, 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 cook um, for him. And you are even using firewood. <laughs> you are not serious. You, say, you yourself, you are not busy. They should use you like that. You say, uh, how will I know that you love me? Is it by firewood they know how they love me? You see, sometimes we, we make it look like, you see, don't make it look like you are the mercy of someone. Are you following what I'm saying? You as a lady coming into that man's life, you are not coming, you are coming to bring help. You are coming to bring support. You're bringing something into the game. It's not a rescue mission. Do you understand? Like you've been in your father's house for so long. You are waiting for who will come and rescue you. So any man that shows up, no. You are created in the image of God. There's a plan of God for your life. There's a purpose of God for your life. Are you following what I'm saying? Praise God. Number seven. Persistent unreliability. Persistent unreliability. This person is constantly unreliable. The Bible puts it this way. Do not associate with those who are easily given to change. Constantly unreliable. They never keep their word. They never keep their promise. It's a sign of a toxic relationship. Are you following what I'm saying? There's a book I'm trying to write. If I have time, I'll write it. It's called Caution. Don't ignore the warning signs. I realized in my few years of pastoring that every troubled marriage that I cancel in terms of providing counsel, the signs of that trouble showed up in relationship, but they ignored it. Everyone I've canceled. When you ask them, oh, you say, ah, he was like that, but I thought he would change. So when you find somebody who is constantly unreliable, constantly unreliable, that's a sign of what? A toxic relationship. Number what? Let's go fast. We have 35 and we'll finish today. Number what? Eight. Okay. If the other person's interest in the relationship is really just a reflection of him or herself, it is impossible to achieve any kind of balance. What means that one person wants to control the relationship. 
It is whatever that person says that it is right. Look at that scripture. Write it down. My son, fear the Lord and the king. Do not associate with those given to change. Those that are not reliable. They are always changing their mouth. When are we going to get married? March. When it's getting to January, they say it's June. When it's getting to, to May, they say it's August. Say after rain. As if rain will stop. Uh, <laughs> will stop. They might say, I want dry season. And then they go to November, they go to December. You see, listen, don't, don't, don't. Let me tell you something. Don't sell yourself cheap. Are you following what I'm saying? You know, someone can make you cheap. And that is why some of the girls I have the privilege to counsel or mentor, I just tell them, don't give people, you see, don't give people unnecessary, how do I call it? Don't give people unnecessary sign of, of like, you want to see, I don't know how to put it, like, let's test and let's see. At your age, if you are, if you are someone who should get married, you should already know what you want. You know, I might look a bit very rash and old school. I don't apologize for it. Right? When someone is coming, and you just realize, number one, this person does not fear God. Number one, number two, no vision. There's no need of saying, I want to find out. What do you want to find out? Are you following what I'm saying? There are people that should just be a no-no. Like, no, sorry, no, no. Somebody that tomorrow you'll be the one encouraging him to come to church. No, it's a no-no. There is no way I could have married somebody who was not who, who did not fear God. There is no, we won't even, you can't survive around me. You're not going to marry somebody who can't pray. Then when you're praying in tongues, the person is snoring, you're praying in tongues, the person is snoring, you're praying in tongues, the person is snoring. Then later you now say, okay, uh, everybody has their area of grace. Are you joking? <laughs> you know some things, I don't know, but some things... They are not even a consideration. I remember one, um, there was a lady then, I was thinking in my mind, I said, I can get married to this lady. And then we sat down and we talked. And she outlined her career path for me. Like, when I finish my first degree, I'll go for my master's, for my master's. I, when I saw the career path, I said, no way, not part of this journey. Do you know why? Because for me as a president, I knew that I mean, I appreciate intelligent girls, I appreciate, but I knew from the one that I was going to do a lot of travels. So, you know what I was already looking for from the one? Is a woman who was comfortable taking care of the children and the family and does not feel bad about it. Do, do you understand? It's not, it's not a woman who is taking care of, the, of, of, my, of our kids and then, like, hmm, if not for you people. It's not for you and your father. By now, I'll be a manager of a bank. But I'm here thinking, and you people don't appreciate. God will judge you this children when you grow up. You realize, it's not somebody doing it like, okay, I've taken care of for two years. You come and take care of for another two years. No, no. So, so you, you, you get what I'm saying? So if I meet a career person, it's not like being a career person is bad. You just realize that for my purpose, it's a no-no. Because what is going to happen? Then I'm traveling to preach, and then my wife is somewhere working, and then kids are with television and nanny. No. We've never had a help in all our years. We've had to stop. Listen, by the time we, my wife stopped her work 
to start taking care of her kids. She was earning more than I was earning. I wasn't even earning. She was earning more than I was receiving at any point. But we knew that, listen, this was our part. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why tomorrow too, if I come now, you won't seem like if I'm driving this car and then my wife comes and says, I want to drive. I say, eh, no, 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 you can't use it today. No, because everything we have belongs to both of us. There's no my thing, her thing. This, no, no, I mean, we don't even think about it. I don't know if you, if you follow what I'm saying. Why? Because from beginning, we set that as our path. You're going to make the sacrifice. I'm going to focus on this. And both of us help each other. So I don't even now see a woman who is, for instance, the bank manager of the whole world. And I'm like, hey, I wish my wife was like that. No, I can't wish that. Because that does not suit what? My purpose. At the same time, you might be somebody who, the kind of woman who suits your purpose is a career woman. So, what I'm trying to say is, there are no right and wrong about this thing. It's about what works for your God-given what? Purpose. Praise God. So, a relationship must not be controlled by one person, either the woman or the man. And let me say this, please, please, ladies, listen to me. Never marry a man you cannot correct. Don't. Because I see that a lot in relationships. You can be wrong. As a man, you can be wrong. You should be able to marry a woman who says, see, I think you're wrong. Don't make this decision. Or let me put it this way. Let me rephrase it. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase it. Don't marry a man who will not listen to you. Let me put it that way. Instead of using the word correct. Before people start sending me all kinds of emails. <laughs> Are you following this? Somebody who would, you see, because sometimes even God told Abraham, he says, listen to your wife and send Ishmael out. God told Abraham that go and listen to your wife. Don't follow a man who sees you as a second class citizen. When I say, say, say shut up, we are talking, you are shut up, I'll get, I'll get back to you. Your husband say, we'll get back to you. <laughs> Then you are now telling people to tell him, have you seen that kind of thing? Like, please help me tell your friend. You See, I do. <laughs> See, um, <laughs> there's nothing my wife wants to tell me that I have to tell somebody to tell me. The day that happens, I know that ah, I've messed up big time, and it will never happen. You know why? She can tell me anything. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Then you now say, ah, your friend, your friend does not listen to me. Oh. Your friend does not listen to me. You know when I say something, your friend does not listen. It's you your friend listens to. Can you imagine? That's the wife talking, oh, that the wife, that the husband listens to his friend and doesn't listen to her. And you are excited. No. But you know when it starts? Those signs start when you are in a relationship. And you want to say something, say no. I will ask Fred. And I'll get back to you. Okay. By the time you get back to me, you realize I'm not there. You get back to yourself. Are you following what I'm saying? It's a relationship. And why is it good? There are some days you'll be making mistakes that she can see. She should be able to stop you. You're, some men would have become better if they listened to their wives. And, and at the same time, some men have become worse because they listen too much. Okay. Number 10, lack of communication. 
Number oh, 09. Loaded with negative energy. It is impossible for anything positive to come out of a relationship filled with negativity. You don't see any headway. Filled with negative emotions. Everything is bleak, black, no positivity. Number 10, lack of communication. Without communication, there is no relationship, period. Without communication, there is no relationship. Not even to talk of our days <laughs> when we have, ah, I mean, that's why I bless God for, for midnight calls. God bless MTN and Glue. They, they helped my, my, my destiny. Because, ah, when you, <laughs> maybe that's why I don't even sleep at night anymore, Seth. Because that was the cheapest method of communication. Myself and my wife, we actually had a, a long distance relationship because, because I was living youth service when I proposed to her. So I was here and then she was in Zamfara 7 and then she moved to Joss. So she was in Joss while I was in Worry. So, um, and then we didn't have enough funds then to do our marriage and our wedding the same time. So we did our traditional marriage in one month. Then she went back to Joss and then we did our wedding two months later. November. So we, that was one of the ways we could talk. We could just communicate. As much as that distance was, there was constant communication. Of course, then there was no WhatsApp, there was no all of those stuff. So what I'm trying to say is that a toxic relationship would not have communication. And anybody who is really, really, there's a friend of mine, most of you know him, if you follow him, it's called Pastor Paul. We've been friends for 19 years, right? There is no day we don't talk. No day. No single day we don't talk. There's no day. In fact, there was a day for two days we didn't talk. He now called me that, ah, that has been long he heard from me. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, there's no day. You just call, hey, how are you now? How's work? Okay, how far now? What's going on? Okay, ah, good. There's no day. And that's just... Friendship, not to talk of somebody you want to get married to. I don't know if you understand. So you would always make room for what? For that communication. How many of you know that communication does not need to take long hours? Right? Just a simple text is communication, right? How are you doing? Hope you're doing okay. All right. Number 11, continuous disrespect. Mutual respect is the first requirement of a good partnership. If I'm going out with this lady, there must be mutual respect. Even if you meet someone poor, respect them in that, in that state. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? There must be what? Mutual respect. Learn to respect people. Especially we men. We have a way we don't... Especially when you now have some, 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 some little money. Right? And let's say the lady is from a place where they don't have money. You, just, you see, don't always make money the big thing in your life. Then especially, you know, when you have also collected gifts that you shouldn't collect, you cannot say anything because the phone, then we ask you, the phone you are using to talk this rubbish, who, who, who gave it to you? Say it's you. Say, <laughs> even if for some of you, the airtime. Say, and I bought data for you. It's not everything you will collect. Collect shirts, collect uh, pants, collect bra, collect... Uh, 
on that way. Collect everything. You are not married. And then the relationship does not work out. Then you start hearing, after all I have done for you. If they calculate the all, it's maybe 55,000. <laughs> but it's your fault. And as men, learn to do things for ladies without, without putting a hook in it. And then when they have swallowed the gift, you start drawing the hook. Okay. Continuous disrespect, alright? Then number 12, mutual avoidance. If you spend time avoiding each other, that tells you all you need to know. Alright? So anytime you call this person, he doesn't pick. And then you call with another number, he picks. <laughs> but your number is always busy. Don't stress yourself. This life can be very simple. Don't make it complex. And learn to ask straightforward questions. Are you still interested in this relationship? Don't say, don't say explain, yes or no. You say, I, I can explain no. It's filling the blank spaces. It's objective. You can only shade one answer. Are you interested, yes or no? If you are interested, yes. Okay, what are the steps? You know, you know, sometimes when I counsel young people in relationship and they are talking and they are talking, you see, sir, I don't understand. Uh, I will call him. Even his mother knows me. Even his, uh, his uncle in Abuja has spoken to me on phone before. Oh, even people who do, who wants to be a millionaire, they do call a friend. Does that, is that relationship? Is it that the whole family knows you does not mean you are in a relationship? The whole family knows, knows, knows the house help that comes to help. Does that mean that the man is in a relationship with the house help? Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? You see, there are certain things we say, and it just means that we're not thinking. Do you realize that you don't even need to be known by the whole family to be in a relationship? Some of you have gone to go and impress mothers that the person is not serious. You have gone to show good girl. Go to the mother's house, grind pepper, wash plate, cook, fry fracara, fry egg, wash the mother's hair, plate the dog's hair. Even the cats, the, the cats, in, 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 the cats in the in the in the house knows you. You have gone to carry cats that you like cats. Oh, because you should be married. You can't sustain that life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then they now say one auntie does not like you. Then you now do all you can. See, let me tell you the truth. Many people in life will not like you. What you require is that the person who wants to get married to you likes you and can defend you and can stand by you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You marry into a family, but it's important that the main person who introduces you to the family is the man. Don't go and perform wife duties. Then after you have done all that, then the mother, the, the one of the aunties, who is his destiny helper, now say, um, that girl, where is she from? She's from Bonnie. Ah, no, 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 no. Bonnie gets, and you have grinded pepper. You have, <laughs> you have cut your hand because you have done onions. And then you just realize that they said, no, you didn't pass the test. 
the truth of the matter is that anybody who wants to marry you must have enough reasons to be able to defend you before anybody. Because there will be people who don't like you. Are you following what I'm saying? Mutual respect. The point I've just given now is number 12, number 13, insufficient support. If you are not finding that support, you are not finding that support, that mutual support, it's like you are on your own, trying all your best to please someone. Because there's how far your energy can carry you. And listen, I'm not just talking about marriage relationship. Remember what I talked about. I'm even talking about friends. You have a friend, you are only the only one. You know, I don't, let me tell you this. As a matter of principle, I don't have many friends. That is one. You know, you people, some of you have friends in each state of the country. Say, where is it, Lawrence? I have one friend there. Then number two, I don't say because we finished from the same primary school, we are friends. No, it just, it, it just happens that we went to the same school. It does not matter. That's why I'm hardly in any old boys and old girls association. I don't, it's good, but I'm not, it's not compulsory for me. Now listen to this. As a matter of principle, I do not have a friend who do not like books. If you don't like to read, we enter a bookshop, you see a book, and you say, ah, this book is expensive. You are gone. Because we don't carry the same value. That's the truth. That's the truth. I, I went to one of our friend's house last week, and I saw him with one book. It was one of our friends that was selling the books. So I saw him with one book. I said, where did you get this book? He said, ah, is this our friend that I bought it from? I just called that friend. Ah, guy, what's wrong with you now? You brought this kind of books, and you didn't even let me know. I went to his house. Instantly bought books, what, about maybe 25,000? Four books. Maybe four or five books. Those are the kind of friends I, I have, first of all. So any relationship you are entering into, there should be mutual value that connects you people. You like to read. You now marry somebody who does not like to read. You will not be the one reading for, for her. So you have to stay there. You say, read for me. I, I, this is my area of weakness. You are now reading. <laughs> then when you now have children, you finish reading for her, then you now go and read for the children. There should be some basic. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Because you know why? You know, when I say these things, then people laugh. But you know what? Later on, these are the things that now become frustration. When both of you need to read to get to the next level, you now discover that you are growing at a pace that this person is not growing. Are you following this? When I went to the US, I came with an extra box of books. Extra box. That bag alone was just books, pure books. In fact, when I was going out with my wife, I was I'll buy for me, I'll buy for her, I'll buy for me, I'll buy for her. She built a library. Sometimes when I travel, I just buy some set of books for her. You can't say you don't like reading, it's not possible. I'll just tell you, okay, don't bother to cook. Let's read. That's the truth. You see, because without knowledge, we will live below our potential. There's nobody who was born to read. We all trained ourselves to read. Praise God. Number 14, ceaseless control issues. If one person is in control or there's a constant talk of what is going on, you're probably spending too much energy. Number 15, never-ending drama. 
Good relationships improve your life. They don't make it messier. There's always an issue. There's always something to sort. You cannot be together for one day and there's no issue. Watch it. Number 16, persistent self-betrayal. If you find yourself changing your opinions to please someone else, constantly you are in a damaging relationship. This is what you believe. You believe there should be no sex before marriage. But after going out with this person, you don't see anything wrong with it again. Well, he will not start with sex. You say, okay, but I can hold your waist, right? You say, okay, yeah, holding of waist is okay. You say, but don't hold my waist down too much. Hold it. And then, and then before you realize, you're already messing yourself up. And then the next manipulative tool is if you love me. <laughs> you know, one, one guy always school. Ah, school, school, school has drama. <laughs> I remember one of my, used to be my friend until I was no longer my friend. We're, we're like five guys who were very good in our department. Like, man, guys, 100 level, everybody was serious, boom, bam, results came out. Had good grades. Then this guy met a girl. And this girl likes. So I'm very, I think it's now. I'm, it's even now that I'm a bit relaxed. I'm more old school, old school than I am right now. I think I even need to go back to my old school life. It makes life very easy for me. And then this guy met this girl, and then that was the time that when boys were plating hair, what do you call, do you know that hair they call Akara? Do you know that Akara hair? <laughs> what do they call it? I don't know. I'm on TV. Puff hair. What's puff and Akara? Okay, whatever it is, it was raining then, you know. So the guy felt this boy was too old school. So he started plating. If I when he started that, our distance started. And then, but you don't realize that... Re Regularly, he now wanted to become more UP, more UP, more UP. But you know, I've always told you, energy put into something is energy taken from something. The time we should be reading, he was at the saloon making hair. So, <laughs> by the time results came, he had had like two carryover. That led to depression. One thing, he said, listen to me, relationships are vital. Walk away from relationships that disempower you. And don't deceive yourself that, oh, if it's not this person, no, no, there are many people who are going somewhere in life. Are you following what I'm saying? All right. Constant challenges. Constant challenges. Relationships go through challenges, but good relationships will always walk through them. That's 17. You know, there will always be problems in relationship, but what's the sign? It will be solved. You can't have piles of problems and problems and problems and problems that are not being solved. Number 18, feeling of unworthiness. Do these relationships leave you feeling unworthy? You almost are in this relationship and you feel like I'm unworthy to, to go with this person. This is what I tell people. If you are going with somebody that is having those feelings of unworthiness, by the time you mentor them and you strengthen them, they'll feel worthy. All the, I mean, I don't mentor a lot of people. It, a lot of people say I mentor them, but I don't. But most of the people that I mentor directly, that I know that I'm mentoring, not the ones that know that, that think I'm mentoring them, the ones I know that I'm mentoring, most of them have made them to do things they thought they would never do. 
Because they come into, like, they come in and they meet me like, oh, sir, oh, sir, oh, sir. And I start just telling them, see, if you do this daily, if you do this daily, if you do this daily, and give them the course of one year, what happens? They rise up to that potential. That is what any good relationship should do to you. You should not be in a relationship and always feel unworthy. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Number 19, feelings of entrapment. You, you are in this relationship, but it's almost, I, I preached a message many years ago. I called it engagement or encasement. It's almost like you are encased. You are trapped. There's no breathing space. In school, I used to call it hazardous love. You know those ones that immediately you are in a relationship. Any call. Say, ah, when I was calling you, your phone was ringing. Who were you talking to? And I said, I was talking to my friend. Which your friend? Jane. Hey, but I saw Jane. Jane was not holding phone. Which, you know, you don't have a life again. <laughs> no. In as much as you are in relationship, you have your own personality. You have your own life, you know, in that context. So, you don't have to be in a relationship and feel entrapped. 20. Somebody who is always undermining. Always undermining you. A relationship should be reassuring. Even though you have weaknesses and strength, it should reassure you. Be able to say, listen, I think you can do this. I think you can do this. All right? I think you can do this. <laughs> I remember when, we, when I started going on, on television. I, told, I was traveling. I told my wife, you're going to preach. She was like, oh, okay, it's not a problem. And I said, yeah, but, but we're recording it for TV. She was like, no, 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 no. And I said, no, they're recording it for TV. You have to, listen, sometimes God will bring people in your way who just feel like, no, no, I can't. You stretch them. That's the purpose. That's how you know a relationship that makes you better. I mean, I'm about graduating from my bachelor's in theology, but I'm so grateful for my friend, Pastor Paul. I've never really wanted to study further and do stuff, especially in theology. But he kept, we kept, you know, going back and forth and talking about it and talking about it. And he really, really like pushed me and encouraged me to go for it. That's what a friend should do for you. Stretch you. Stretch your potentials. Make you better. You're going out with a girl who always is making you spend. You go out 10,000, you come back with 100 naira. Go out with 15,000, you come back with 150. Does not ask you any question. And, and you know, it's just, you know, some of there's how you are spending and people make you feel like you're a good person. And meanwhile, you're a fool. <laughs> just spending, spending. After six months, you ask yourself, since this lady entered my life, what is my financial improvement? Are you following what I'm saying? And you take your esteem from the fact that you are burning money. <laughs> then you see the funny thing, eh? You're doing that in a relationship and you're happy. Say, man, ah, you can't spend. I can't go out with a stingy man. Ah, my, my man's hand is open. In fact, he has given me his uh, pin, pin number. Okay. Then you now realize that when you now get married, right? Two, two years, for instance, you have consistently trained him to spend. Then you now get married. You know, by the time you get married, your priorities have changed. Like, you now have children, 
you now want, then the man cannot stop spending. Then you start attacking him. You are spending too much. You are, is that how your mates are spending? No. That's, his, that's not how his mates. That's how you trained him to spend. So you realize that some things that look like advantageous in relationships, by the time you put them in the context of marriage, they can be detrimental. I don't know if you, if you, do you, do you, do you follow my example? It can be detrimental. That is for those who are easily moved by emotions. When I was in a relationship, I had a budget for, there was relationship budget. Relationship budget. And I think it was like 300 naira a month. So it was 15 naira. Yogurt was 15 naira. So my wife was entitled to two yogurts, 100 naira charge card, and miscellaneous, 100. <laughs> Once that 300 is finished, we'll wait for next month. Yet there's nothing you would do about it. If you think I don't love you because I didn't spend 350, that is your problem. Are you following what I'm saying? But you know the funny thing? Till date, that has worked for us. So when we got married, we just changed the relationship budget to market budget. That's what started. Do, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? It will just help you in every area of life. My daughter will be six in November and we're getting a keyboard. I had budgeted that keyboard in January. It will just make your life simple. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, some of these things you do is not that when you get married, you will not try to relearn. No. Just act the way you would act if that was the scenario. If you're somebody who lives by budget, if you, are not, if you don't have a problem with excessive spending, it's fine. There are, there are men like that who don't mind. They will spend. But you ask yourself, will this habit be beneficial if I eventually get married to this person or not? Are we together? Okay. Let me rush quickly now so we can take our questions. Uh, when did I stop? So 21. Empty pretense. If there's too much of pretense in a relationship, and that's why I gave you the example of my 300 naira budget. <laughs> I remember one time, when I bought juice for my wife. Well, if you, for those of you who don't fellowship, I didn't come from a very... My, my parents were teachers, so... And then I had not drank that juice before. So, but the juice was 250. That's 15 short of that budget. So the juice was 250, 200 then, or maybe something. And then it's by 15 Everything was 300. I know everything. 300. So I told them to bring two glasses. So, I mean, she was joking like, ah, you bought juice for me, you want to drink? I have not drank it before. This is the first time that I'm buying this thing. So, we will share it equal, half. You take half, I will take half. Because tomorrow, if the relationship does not work, you would have taken my juice away. So that it won't pain me a lot. I will know that it was half of the cup. And, and that is me, really. I mean, there's no, there's nothing about, there's no need to pretend. You are staying in one room. You don't want the girl to know you are in one room. Every time he's meeting you in your friend's house, you would just tell your friend, go out, go out. Hey, my, my woman is coming. My woman is coming. You want TV, on this thing. They would think it's you that have all those TV. 
not knowing that everything there is borrowed. The house is borrowed, the remote is borrowed, the TV is borrowed. There's no need. If somebody cannot marry you in your one room, skip it. Move on. And that's why, this is personal opinion, nothing. That's why when I was getting married, I said I'll marry somebody who doesn't use makeup. Because I wanted to just be sure of who I was getting married to. You know, sometimes you see some face on Facebook and you're like, I think I know this person. Like, I don't, mm, I think I know. Then the person shows up and you're like, is your name? Say, it's me. Ah, okay. And then the next day, the person is coming like, have we met before? <laughs> Sorry, nothing against makeup, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Don't even over makeup. Skip it simple. All right? Don't, I mean, sometimes even the wedding day makeup, it's like you take the veil. Like, so is this the person? Like, give me a minute. Let me check my gallery. <laughs> okay, I was just joking. But the key, what's the key here? Don't pretend. All right? If you are staying in a bachelor and the person is saying, I want to go and see your house, take them to that bachelor, open it, show them this is my house. Is he okay with you? If he's not okay, try again later. Our lives will not end where we started. Our lives will end where our vision takes us. And it takes a man of faith to believe in you wherever you are. Vice versa. Okay. Packed with uncertainty. 22. Nothing is sure. Nothing is sure. You are not sure when you will get married. You are not sure where the relationship is, end, uh, is, is heading to. Say, are we friends or we are not friends? He says something like that. <laughs> when are we getting married? Say, let's still be knowing ourselves. When? You see, if you don't have a specific goal, you, you will never know yourself. Are you following what I'm saying? So there must be a goal. When do you want to get married? In two years' time. Then walk towards it. You can't be in an everlasting relationship. You're not God. And these things I'm saying, you know, when I teach singles, I teach very humorously. But they are very serious stuff. Because I've seen people eight years relationship, nine years, ten years. Like, guys, how long do you want to stay married? And do you know something about relationships? Just shift everything twice in a year. Like, when are you going to get married this year? Around August. You know around August is no date. Do you know around August is not a date in the calendar? <laughs> so, then I say around August. Then around June, they will now say around December. You know that year has passed. And when you are in love, time is collapsed. You don't feel it because you're looking forward to calling the person from one midnight call to another, from one midnight call to another, 31 days have gone. From one before you know, you are just in the emotion. It's when somebody jokes you back to reality. Now you realize three years has gone. Do you realize that any relationship you have entered this year and you're not planning to get married had already crossed one year anniversary already? Right? And by next year, and then you say, you know, I'm trying to gather myself together. Then fine, leave the girl alone and be gathering yourself. When you have gathered, then you cannot come if she's still available. You can't be holding somebody and be gathering. That's why you're not gathering anything. Use your two hands to gather. <laughs> then when you have gathered enough, you will not come and say, okay, fine, I have gathered. Now can we marry? You cannot be, hold, you, you are holding woman, you are gathering. You are, what do you want? Choose one. 
So I'm putting myself together. There's no problem. Nobody says you shouldn't put yourself together. Put yourself together. It's like you want to have two things at the same time. And you will not be productive. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you are facing your education, face your education. I remember my younger sister in her third year sent me a message. And somebody is, uh, is somebody is, I said, somebody is doing what? Say, person is thinking he will marry me after school. I said, we sent you to school for four years. And we need only one thing from you. One thing is needful. Your certificate. When we see your certificate, you can sort yourself. It's not a let's pray about it. It's not a prayer point. Why are we praying? Go to school and come back. Are you following what I'm saying? So, lest you now get into a relationship in your final year and your final paper, the man sends you text, he's not getting married again. You will now fail that paper. We will not be the ones to pay the consequences of his decision by re-enrolling you. We won't take that. Your life must be defined. At this stage of my life, this is what I want. At this stage, I want to be... Because there are things you can do now successfully you will not be able to do if you're in a relationship. Relationship itself is... You must give energy to it. All these things we're talking about, you think they require energy? They require communication, support, remembering of birthday, posting of Instagram pictures. Those things are work. Those are things people do full-time. You have to be planning events <laughs> every year. You plan events every year. Praise God. Number what? 23. Bring me with envy. If you have a partner who is envious of you, unfortunately, it's sad, but it is true. It's toxic. Shouldn't work with people who envy you. You should rather work with people who do what? Who celebrate your achievement. Number 24, shortage of autonomy. Anyone in any relationship should be able to have a right to say no. You should be able to say no. Don't be in a relationship where everything required from you is just yes. You should be able to say no. No, this, no, this, no. <laughs> I had a friend in school, had this girl, 100 level. I mean, we just entered school. I didn't even know what I was looking for, Seth, looking back now. 100 level, he said, I had this relationship. So we were there, we were just enjoying our life. And then every time we see him coming, he's not looking happy. We say, hey, that's happened again. We just see that. We complain about the girl. And then, you know, there was no... So when I got into school, I'm not sure. Okay, there was GSM, but then phones were very expensive. Remember, they were selling line for like 30 something thousand. So we didn't have, so maybe like in the whole neighborhood, there'll be line or there'll be all this umbrella. Yeah, it's when you, if you call, ah, man, God forgive those people. They dealt with us. When you call one minute, one second, you now pay for two minutes. You remember? <laughs> so then we didn't have money to make us so we were at the end of town so he will now maybe stroll to go and see the girl at the other end of town and then maybe the girl has gone to read so he will check like check <laughs> from back and forth and all and i mean well, it was good commitment on his part because it made him to stay fit but you realize that he was he was unnecessary energy because then he comes back all angry and i'm asking him why are you angry there's no way she could have known you were coming. Hey, but she should know. How do you want her to know? You cannot be in relationship where there are unrealistic expectations. Are you following what I'm saying? There should not be what? 
unrealistic expectations. If there's anything I want you to live with here tonight, is learn to ask specific questions. Are you okay? Is everything okay? Are you good? Is this yes or no? Try to get those, those specific questions. Are you happy with this? Are you fine with this decision? Do you think this decision is progressive? Is it something you can work with? And all that. Where are we now? 20? We're saying 25. Wow. Okay. Permit victimhood. You can't move into the future if you are tied to someone who is still stuck in the past. This is for, some, for some of you who did not have a very good past. You can't get into relationships bringing your past into it. You must learn to let go of your past. Is that okay? This happens a lot if you have been in, in abusive relationships or you've had some form of sexual abuse and all the rest, and you come in like that and you always come with that anger and that, oh, you know what men did to me, you know what men did to me, you know what men did to me. At the point you need to receive the love of God, you need to walk past that season. Some of you even carry abuses from your friends and personalize it. You know, this is what a man did to my friend. I will not allow any man to do it to me. You see, you must learn to separate. You are not your friend. Is that okay? Just have your individual life and the rest. Okay. Diminishes your self-worth. We've talked about that. When you're in a relationship with someone who doesn't acknowledge your value, it can be hard to see it yourself. You must be valuable. 27. Laced with dishonesty. Every lie between partners undercuts a little bit of the relationship. Please do not work with dishonest people. Should not be... <laughs> There should not be traces of dishonesty. 28, a relationship that makes you unhappy. If someone is constantly making you happy, you owe it yourself to let that person go. Number 29, if you feel uncomfortable, sometimes you need to just pay attention to your inner man. Do you feel uncomfortable? Everything feels right, but there's just something inside of you that's like, ah, I'm not sure about this. You look that. Number 30, any relationship that makes you to lower your standards, your high standards, Toxic relationships can cause us to slowly begin to accept what was not acceptable. You are somebody who believes in sexual purity. This guy does not believe in sexual purity. And so he has stylishly taught you perversion. You always lower your standard. You like to pray. He likes to watch film. You like to read. He likes to, to, go, and, to go and buy suya. Yeah. <laughs> like play. Like entertainment. Like stuff. And you discover gradually that all the standards you hold there, this person gradually erodes them. You need to watch it. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Okay. We sense stagnation. Growth and learning are vital and you cannot afford to be cut off from them. You realize that when you're in a relationship with this person, you're not growing. There's no growth, spiritual, physical, financial. When you're in a relationship with people, you should also grow financially. They should not deplete you. Are you following what I'm saying? You're in a relationship and you're always spending. You're always spending. Some of you women, you also do that for men. Say, don't worry, I'm encouraging him. When he, when he has hammered, he will, he will pay back. A point to come and say, oh God, I can't give you transport today. I remember one of my guys then. <laughs> I used to help him a lot. I used to help him so that his rent, so that his rent, so that his rent. After about four times, he called me again. Ah. Ah, they want to throw my things outside when it's raining. I said, today, today, they should throw everything you have outside. Everything. Let that rain fall on you. 
you threw his things outside, rain fell on him. That was the last time that we paid his rent. He pays his rent now. He needed that rain. He needed to see his things outside. It might look wicked, but sometimes you can't shield people from the experiences of life. Life is tough. Get used to it. Do you realize that any rent I help you to pay is money taken from something? So, I mean, I can't pay your rent for four times a year. Why would I be doing that all the time? I'm not your source. God is. So when, that, when he saw his things outside, you know how that feeling is? They throw your things, bam. They throw your things. Something in your heart will be giving you ideas. I think I can sell oil. I think I can sell coconut. I think I can sell something. And then landlord locks the door. And all the ladies in the area that were thinking you're a big boy. And I said, oh, God, sorry. Uh, people are wicked, though. And then rain is falling on you. So God just windows of heaven opened over your head like, ah, wow. I think I can push truck. And then you know, like, if you're going to squat with somebody and you are well-dressed, like me now, you're dressed, you're going to squat with somebody, they'll, they'll bring you in like, you know, ah, sleep here, okay, we have food in the kitchen. But you know, if you're coming with like rain, and you're like, shh, you're like, please let me just stay this night. You know they're going to give you a, a different reception, like, okay, there's a space right there outside. This your cloth is wet. Put it close to where the dog is staying right there. You, from day one, you're already thinking, when can I have my own place? That's why for those of you squatting, squatting your friends, eh, sometimes you need to have discussions. Like, how long are you staying? It's been six years. Like, uh, things never set. It's looking like you will set these things outside. The way the things are, you have to set them outside. Have those conversations. Have those conversations. Sometimes people grow into what you call learned helplessness. Are you following what I'm saying? Let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you the truth. The human being was designed for survival. Are you following this? I'm not saying go and throw your friends out this night to say like, Pastor, that's a word of knowledge for me. I, I went to a church. Don't let people come and kill me. But do you know what I'm trying to say? Have those honest what? Conversations. As a lady... You can't be constantly supporting a guy. He's at home watching Premier League. No. No. Every time he's borrowing transport, every time he's borrowing transport, he say that place we are borrowing transport to trek it to and fro. Be straightforward. Be decisive. Are you following this? Do you, do, okay, you know, sometimes it looks like I'm just talking, right? But do you know married people who the man is not doing anything. It's the woman working to take care of the home, to take care of the children. Do you know people like that? It starts from relationship. Don't be like that. I remember one time someone called me that he needs a time to make a um, call. I said, you, you don't need to make a call. Like, why should you make a call? If you can't buy a time in the phone, there are two things. He was in a very expensive phone. He's always not having a time. So one day I called him. There are two things. This your phone is very expensive. You can sell it and buy a smaller phone. You will have almost 30,000 naira worth of airtime. And if you load 30,000 once, Glow, buy Glow Light. They'll give you mega bonus. It's 60. You will make call for one year. And you don't have to bother anybody. You can just be doing Glow. Just talk. 
I send you 1,000 every month for 12 months. That's 12,000 air. And I don't know if I'm the only one sending you. So by the time you gather all the people sending you, you even have more credit than us. <laughs> I'm not wicked, though. I'm, I'm <laughs> but listen, we have to face life for what it is. Okay? 32, relationship that cut corners. Nothing is ever worth cutting corners or accepting anything that is second rate. If a man wants you, let him go and pay your bride price. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't go and be staying with someone. Don't have two homes. Have one house. Stay in your parents' house. When he has done what is required, you move to his house. Don't keep your pants and your brazier somewhere and have a corner in his house. And then when you are changing, you are carrying your pants, deceiving yourself. Don't do that. Don't do that. You have more worth than that. You now carry paper bag and leave, and carry paper bag and leave. Before you know, you have built a store, a storehouse. Even you, sometimes you don't know where your clothes are anymore. Say, ah, that's my red gun. That's my red gun. That's my red gun. Ah, I leave her for your house. Don't do that. Don't do that. It looks like you're reducing your worth. You're better than that. Especially in our culture, in River State here, it's almost like a second life. Don't do that. Not only, is that, not only is it against God's word, sometimes it reduces your value. Because at the end, that's why you discover that we have a lot of marriages that are not consummated. Because at the end, what is the person going to get married for you for? Sleeps with you, sees everything you have, your clothes are there, you cook food. So why will you go and see your parents? You are, you are, you are available. Number 33. Relationship filled with criticism. Non-stop barrage of criticism. Never helped anyone improve. 34. Relationship that brings out the worst. You just discover that after following this boy, you have now become an expert in lying. He has trained you to lie. Trained you to do more evil. Trained you to be more perverse. There are people who are hooked on pornography today because their boyfriends introduced them to it. And then it's a difficult addiction for them to break. People hooked on masturbation because their boyfriends or their girlfriends introduced So you just realize that you cannot be in a relationship that brings out the evil in you, that brings out the worst. You have to be decisive. That's why every relationship you have should lead you to become more spiritual. Because listen, you cannot be stagnant. If you're not spiritual, you're becoming carnal. You are becoming carnal. You are in a relationship. You say, let's pray. He's, he's, he's doing our Lord's prayer. How old is he? 32. He's still using our, our father. Hello, with that name. And you are saying amen. <laughs> they say he's not the church type. No problem. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Eh? You can't contain evil when it's unleashed on its fullness. So don't toy with it. He's not the church type and you are okay. And tomorrow he joins a court. And he doesn't mind using you for ritual money. Yes, because he's not the church type. So what, there's nothing now very conscious. You know, you enjoyed it when he was in relationship. But do you realize that when you are now married, you will not like the one who is not the church type. When you want to go to church on Sunday, now tells you that's where you want to eat pandemia. Your mates are in church worshiping God. You're pounding them. 
then you now be doing live streaming. He said, he say, after all, everything is the same church. I can be seeing pastor. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, we just drive, drop you people and take off. Go and enjoy himself. You can't restrain evil. You just realize that you have married a man who gives you all the comfort. But inside air conditioner, according to my late mentor, Sonia, you still be sweating. Because what is making you to sweat is not external. Just realize that your life, do you realize that it's just like your life is gone? Last one, 35. Don't be in a relationship where you cannot do anything right. Right? Anything you do in the relationship is wrong. You call, you, you, you call, and it's like you are calling when you should not call. You talk, it's like you are talking when you should not talk. You cannot be in a relationship where everything is wrong. Father, thank you for the impartation of wisdom. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.